0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Into the Light podcast. This is going to be for January 10th, Tuesday, at 7.30.
1: Whoa, Aaron! Heck yeah, that's crazy.
0: Bray is going to introduce our amazing guest today.
1: Yes, I'm so excited to introduce our amazing guest today. Her name is Rachel. And I actually, Rachel's the first person on our podcast that is coming on that we don't know, or somebody of our friends don't know. I guess this is like our first time talking. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> <laughs> like we Instagram, but that this
0: it. is this yeah. is Bray's networking skills through I'm, Instagram.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Do I can? Heck yeah. <laughs> but Rachel is a TikTok influencer, Instagram influencer, and she's also an esthetician. Um, where is your esthetician place, Lehigh? Yeah. Yeah. Lehigh. Amara Mespa and Lehigh, So <laughs> <laughs> if anybody needs anything done. And she's twenty three. Twenty two. Twenty-two years yeah. old. And she is from Tacoma, Washington. And she moved to Sandy or er, well, we'll get into that when yeah. you moved here and stuff. It's but a little complicated. It's a little <laughs> it's a little complicated. But thanks, Rachel, for coming on today. Thank we thank are so excited me. to have you. Um I guess shall we start off with the first let's let's shebang? just shebang, yeah. Let's All right, do it Aaron, go for it.
0: Well, we just wanted to get started with a little bit of background from you. So what family was like, what family life was like when you were younger, kind of how the church played a role in your life mm-hmm. growing up. You can go as deep or as briefly as you want to. Um, but yeah, just how your family life was growing up.
2: Mm-hmm. Family life, I'm the favorite kid. So. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> um. So I'm the baby of four. So I have mm-hmm. two older brothers and an older sister and then me and then my parents. And so we grew up like typical nuclear family like mom and dad were together like honestly i was seriously blessed with like the best family ever like mm. and they were very very strong in the, the gospel and my parents like if you guys friend my dad on facebook that probably sounds so weird he has like he <laughs> of to friends like he he has this blog called map to happiness you Aww, guys can look at it that sounds, he, like, that sounds he legit <laughs> is, he been like i've been watching like a missionary in my life like my whole life and Aww. so like i had a really good example like my parents would like go on date nights to the temple, and we would, like, my older, my oldest brother would babysit us and, like, torture us while my parents were at the (laughs) temple. Um, We always went to church, like, on Sunday. Like, we never missed, no matter how bad I wanted to. Like, we never got to (laughs) miss. We were at, you know, activity days in primary. We were at, um, what is it called? Mutual everything. Like, every girl's camp. I went to EFY growing up. Like, seriously, every opportunity to live the gospel we had. Yeah, Which is great, but... The issue, and, like, not the issue, but when, so my oldest two brothers, they, like, moved away, because my oldest brother's 10 years older than me, so, like, hmm. he, I was, I don't know, I was really young when he left, and then my other brother went on a mission, so it was just me and my sister for a few years at home with my parents, and so my dad, like, we always tease him, because, like, when he starts talking on a tangent, like, our FHUs are, like, two and a half, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding, like, that's, I don't know if that's just a dad thing, it's really, like, a brown dad thing, I feel yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh. My dad's going to watch this and be like, <laughs> <laughs> post this on your Facebook. <laughs> uh, he, like, he would always, like, talk to us about the importance. It was my sister's senior year of high school, and I was a sophomore. And so she was getting ready to go to college. And my dad would always tell us, like, you need to have your own testimony before you leave the house. Because, like, we grew up going to church. Like, I probably missed a total of 10 Sundays until the time I was, like, 18. Um And so in my head, I'm like, yeah, like I'm a member of the church. I do everything I'm supposed to do. Um, Didn't have any ill feelings or whatever.
1: So gospel learning was very much happened
2: in the home often. Yeah, definitely happened in the home often. We didn't have FHE like every week, but like we had a lot of like, I guess, family council and like, Mm. you know, prayed over every meal. We were at seminary at six o'clock in the morning. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Like my mom was like my young women's leader the whole time I was in high school, which was like good and bad, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, no, I could not be cheeky at all. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely grew up in a gospel-centered home, and so, like, my, my dad would always tell us, like, if you don't have your own testimony by the time you leave the house, you're going to leave, and, like, when things get tough, like, you're not going to have the foundation. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm good. And then things got tough, you know? And yeah. so I guess that's pretty much, like, I feel like where my story starts is, like, when I went out on my own, I was not at all as strong as, like, I thought I was. And so... Can we like get into this now? Get Is this like? It, I'm get like into Do we it. need to know anything else? No, <laughs> I kind of want to ask you real quick <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, about your childhood. How would you describe your relationship to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ?
2: That's a good question. It was just like super surface level. Yeah, like, like
0: superficial. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> I told the story today in Relief Society. I like wanted to really deepen my testimony, right? And so, <laughs> I I just always thought revelation had to be like angels coming down or like seeing a burning bush or like you know, maybe I wanted to dig up, like, the golden plates in the hill, you yeah. know, something yeah. cool, like, I wanted something, like,
0: to, the like, stuff you hear in the scriptures, Yeah, right? like, I want it's them so to put
2: cool. one of the pictures of me in the Book of Mormon, you know what I mean, <laughs> and so, like, I thought that's what revelation needed to be, and so, like, we went to the sacred grove when I was 16, and I'm, like, I am on my knees praying, like, I, th- I for real thought I was gonna have, like, a Joseph Smith moment, <laughs> and so, like, that's the things, that like, growing up, like, I had a relationship with Heavenly Father, because it was, like, yeah, we we're cool, but, like, we weren't tight, yeah. and so, I'm talking about him like he's like my... That's a good quote right there. We (laughs) were cool, but we weren't tight. We were cool, but we weren't (laughs) tight (laughs) like that. And so, like, I would, like, be looking for these huge experiences. And obviously now I know that, like, the tender mercies, like, they're tender. Like, they're really, really tender. Um, And so, yeah, it was just surface level. It was like, you know, he's cool. But I just didn't have any relationship. You never had your own relationship. Yeah, because, like, nothing bad happened to me. Like, until I was 18, like... Yeah, 18, like, I was just blessed to live a really, really easy life. And mm. I think for a lot of people, that's a great thing. Like, no yeah. one wants to go through trials necessarily. But for me, like, that was the only way that I gained that. T- like, I had to hit rock bottom of rock bottom to, like, be able to climb my way up to yeah. the top. <laughs> Some people don't need that. But um, I was blessed with um, the gift of being extremely stubborn. So <laughs> I didn't have that on my own. Same I think that's, that's pretty common. Yeah. So what
0: do, what do you feel like, you, you said, when you turned 18, life kind of got hard
2: yeah so I went to college and I was at BYU Hawaii and my bishop like he was he was really hard like he was strict to the point where it was like I had things in the church like I needed to repent for I needed to use the atonement and I just like legitimately thought that he would strip my ecclesiastical endorsement and I'll get kicked out of school mm-hmm. because I had seen that happen my first semester to a few of my friends and they're completely like inactive and anti now which happens to a lot of people like they'll oh, go through so a bad experience with a bishop things like that and so like i just was kind of put off by church i wasn't like anti at all but i was like well i don't want to go because i feel bad being there um like i would kind of show up here and there because i needed my ecclesiastical endorsement and yeah. i wanted to keep going to school um kind of but so <laughs> <laughs> I, was, like, I was just kind of like honestly lazy and mm-hmm. so like it was kind of like what my dad had warned me about like if you don't have that testimony you're not going because like you need to be there and feel the spirit you're going to kind of fall off. And so I wasn't in the habit of really going to church. Um, My parents like still don't even really know that. I would like be sending my mom Snapchats acting like I was at church. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, um, so that was my first semester of college. And then my second semester, it was February, it was February 7th, 2019. Like I always remember that. Um, And so I was, went to study with a guy from my school, uh, from BYU. And, um, he comes to like pick me up because it's pouring down rain and so he's like oh I'll just like pick you up we were doing a project so i'm like okay whatever um and so like i get in the car and like immediately the vibes are off like it smells like alcohol like it's just weird um and so he starts trying to get like pretty physical and i'm like um this is weird also i'm 18 and he was i think 27 mm. um so it was it was weird like i was uncomfortable but i was like okay whatever so like Things kind of like calm down, we're just like in the car. I'm like, okay, are we going to, what's going on? Um, So long story short, without like going into like crazy details, I was raped, like right by the temple in La'ie, right by BYU, um, a person that I had never even really super talked to. Um, You know, my rapist, he's a member of the church. He's a returned missionary. He is sealed to his family in the temple, goes to church with them every Sunday. He's everything that, he's everything good that, like, I feel like young girls that are 18 are, like, praying for to come be their husband, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, He's everything that, like, surface-level people want and think is perfect. And so I didn't already have a super strong testimony, but that completely just put me off from the church yeah. because I was, like, these are the type of men that are in power in the church. These are the type mm. of men that are giving us revelation and things like that. And I felt like even though like I wasn't super active in the church, like I wasn't doing a lot of things wrong. Like I just honestly was lazy and I didn't really like my bishop. And I was in college. I liked sleeping in on a Sunday. Like my word was at nine in the morning. (laughs) Hello. I probably wouldn't even go now. Like I would transfer my, sorry, (laughs) might transfer my records because I love our one o'clock, right? (laughs) So (laughs) it's like (laughs) I wasn't really doing anything wrong, but I remember like, During my assault, it was probably, it felt like a lifetime, but it was probably 10 minutes, you Mm -hmm. know? So I'm, I'm laying there. I'm like pinned down. It's like crazy that I can talk about it now. Sorry. This is like a moment of growth. I'm just realizing that I can talk about it and like be okay. So I'm like laying there and pinned down and I'm like saying like, stop, stop. Like I'm like crying and obviously it doesn't stop. And I just remember like, I just kind of stopped trying to fight it. So I'm just like laying there and I um, hadn't prayed in a long time. And I just like started saying a prayer like I was like Heavenly Father like I don't know why this is happening like and I'm in like pain because like sexually like if your body isn't ready for a sexual encounter like it's not ready. Yeah like it's not ready and like it hurts and also like that was like one of the first times I had had sex so it's like okay this is like crazy. Um, and obviously the situation is pretty much as horrible as it could be. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying there and I'm just like praying to Heavenly Father. And I was like, can you just make this stop? And like, it didn't. And so then finally it does, you know, and I go back home and I am like, don't leave my bed probably for four days. Like just told all my roommates, like I'm, I'm sick. And I only told probably two or three of my friends because mm-hmm. I needed a plan B. I needed an yeah. emergency contraceptive because I'm like, um, hello, can you imagine me getting pregnant? Yeah. Yoi, Hawaii, bye a married man with kids like hello oh so, so he was married and he had was kids married and had a he kid and his, and his wife was pregnant oh my gosh yeah. wow i'm okay. over here thinking i don't want to ride i'm over here thinking i don't want to walk in the rain yeah <laughs> little did i know like my whole life would change because of that so oh my i was just like really really upset and like after that like had no desire to go to church because like i said like who he was in the church like things like that he wasn't like a super like prevalent church person, but like knowing that like a returned missionary priesthood holder, father sealed in the temple can do this like, mm. I don't even want to know what the regular regular people in the church are yeah. like, you know. And um, did you have like? I didn't. Were have you a mad lot at of, God? I was super super mad at God, especially when I was laying there like praying for it to stop, and I'm like in excruciating pain, and I'm like, because I know like. Okay, when you pray, like, you don't always get your answer right when you think you do. But I always thought, like, if this is a life or death situation, you better come through. (laughs) Like, I'm not asking for an angel, but I'm asking for you to give me what I need if I feel like I'm, like... Because I don't know. I didn't know, like, how intense things would get. I didn't know, like, I could have, like, died. Like, things like that. Like, in my head, I'm like, this is life or death. Like, I understand if I'm praying to, like, find my keys that I miss, maybe it'll take me 20 minutes to find them. But you should be coming (laughs) through right now. And he wasn't. And so then I stop going to church and like I didn't tell my parents I didn't because I I was really really scared and I didn't want to come home um and so my parents didn't even find out for like two and a half years
0: did you did you kind of understand what had happened did it did it affect you in like a shameful way
2: it affected identity based way yeah mostly just because I was like I shouldn't have gone you know and so the next day, the first person that I told was one of his friends because he was the only person I knew that, like, was a mutual friend because I didn't really know the guy. Mm. Like, super, like, well, you know, like, we had been, like, friends on Facebook. Like, yeah. whatever. I had never really spoken to him. And so um, I knew that they spent a lot of time together when they were friends. And he was super shameful to me about it. Like, well, you know he's like that with a lot of girls. And first of all, I didn't oh know that. Gosh. And second of all, that doesn't make it better. Mm-mm. Like hello if a serial killer like or if someone murders one person is it better because they're a serial killer and killed 20 people before like <laughs> yeah. where's the logic in that yeah. and so i'm sitting there i'm like oh whoa well, i guess i should have known that like i'm over here feeling dumb and then also i'm like asking for help basically i'm coming to you like your friend raped me last night like my body hurts my mental's bad i'm literally like don't even want to be alive right now i have no idea what i'm supposed to do and also like that part of the island that we were on is super like small like Hospital is maybe 10 miles away. I don't have a car. Can't go to Foodland and, like, which is the grocery store and buy a plan B because everybody knows everybody. I'll probably mm. run into my bishop while I'm holding it in my hand. <laughs> so, like, I was trying to basically ask him for a ride and then he was like super weird about it. So, yes, I at first I was like, okay, hey, this isn't my fault. And then, like, the first person I went to for help made me feel horrible mm. about yeah. it. And I was like, oh. And also, it's like coming from someone that was my friend. So I was like, oh. Cause normally, you know, sometimes your friends, like, they have your back even when they shouldn't, yeah. like, to a (laughs) fault. But I was like, okay, if my friend is telling me that I shouldn't have gone, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have gone. Like, why Um, would I even do that? So, yeah, it felt a little shameful. And then, you know, I was like, well, I shouldn't have even gone with someone that's married and things like that. And, like, I still think that. Like, I don't think, like, married people should be hanging out one-on-one with, you know, Mm -hmm. people that are not their spouse. But I was like, well, I'm just getting picked up because it's raining outside, you know, like, whatever. And so... I don't know I would just I felt like at peace with myself but then when I would be by myself I was like I must have done something wrong because why would that happen because yeah. like I said I wasn't living in sin or anything like that and so then I really wasn't going to church and I didn't tell my family what was going on only a few of my friends knew because like we ended up like having to rent a car and go to a CVS 30 miles away to go to pick up plan B mm-hmm. and like we actually, like, made a night out of it. We, like, went to Wingstop because they were, like, <laughs> we got to, like, try and cheer her up. Like, we were yeah. just trying to make it the best that we could. And those core friends that I had are, like, some of my best friends now.
1: That's
2: awesome. Um, but so I was, like, well, I'm not telling my family, and I don't have any money for therapy. And if I talked to the counselor on campus, like, I was, you know, how, you know the stories about baby Honor Code? It's, yeah. like, yeah, which is its own. We could do a whole podcast about that. So it's, like put that in the notes we'll put it in the <laughs> and <notes>. so <laughs> I started um just like trying to find my own ways to numb out the pain because I was like in pain like emotionally spiritually, and I was in a relationship at the time with someone that was back home mm. and I was supposed to marry him the next time like had the ring and everything like we were supposed to get married, and so I broke up with him two days after that after my um, assault after my assault because i I, didn't, I never told him. I'm sure he knows now from social media because I've been so open. But I couldn't call home every day and, like, pretend that I was good, knowing that, knowing what I was going through. So then I'm going through this breakup. We were together for years, like, met when we were 14. And wow. so I'm 18. Like, I'm fresh off this breakup for this person I was supposed to marry. Like, I called him and just broke up with him on the phone and then never came home for a year. So I'm going through this breakup. I'm dealing with – all the effects of an assault and, like, being raped, like, physically, emotionally, mentally, and then spiritually, like, I'm completely in the dark. And so I, you know, my friends are, like, trying to make me feel better. And we just start kind of, like, drinking and, like, partying, doing things like that. And it was fun. Like, (laughs) I don't know if I should say that, but I'm not going to – it's, like, fun. Like, when you're so upset, like, and you find something that can make you forget about it all, Mm -hmm. like – so we would that smoke. Yeah, we would smoke and we would drink and like, for some people after they're assaulted they become like either like super put off by sex. Some people become like hypersexual. So I was like, well, I just want to take control of my body. So I would be doing you know, promiscuous things and you know sleeping with people, things like that because I just had no control over anything. It felt like and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, hey, if I can decide like, it was like, well, someone had sex with me when I wasn't ready. So like if me and this person want to and I have the opportunity and I have the choice, I'm like, well I might as well because I finally have control over it. Mm. And like a lot of those times I would also be like under the influence. So it's obviously not the best mindset. It's yeah. actually something I've never talked about before. Mm. <laughs> we'll like I've too. said like I've done this and that, but like the actual reasoning behind it, like I was if I were to like be able to like time travel right now and like go back and watch myself, like like the way I'm looking at you right now, I would not even recognize myself. Mm-hmm because even my appearance like no light behind my eyes you know i was mm-hmm. like super skinny even like just not even eating i'm depressed and i'm drinking and having you know meaningless sexual relations with people mm-hmm. and like the toll that that takes on you is so much more it's not just like oh you shouldn't have sex with people because the church says that like having sex with someone is the most intimate thing you can do with anyone on earth and it creates ties that that one it's a one-night stand you don't talk to that person ever mm-hmm. again Like it, it pulls pieces out of you. And those are pieces of me that I will never get back. Yeah. And obviously I do a lot to heal those things. And you know, when I'm ready to get married and have my eternal partner, it'll be great. But it's like, (laughs) it's hard. And so I was, I was so so angry.
1: You were in this anger kind of turmoil. I don't know what to call it for a year Mm
2: -hmm.
1: by yourself in Hawaii? yeah. Were you still going
2: to school at that point? My grades were really bad. Yeah. And so my mom was just thinking I'm slacking. And she's like calling me. You know, she's on me. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, school's hard. But like, (laughs) I hated my life. yeah. And, Mm. you know, things did get better. You know, I I ended up just kind of coming to terms with it. Like, I was really, really sad. And it was mostly my moments alone that like, nights were really hard. Moments alone were hard. I, I really missed my ex um because like my whole life was supposed to like like by the time let's see this was four years ago i should have been like married with a kid by now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. that's exactly what the plan was yeah <laughs> why do you why do you feel
0: like it was your uh moments alone that were the hardest
2: my moments alone were hard because my really really close friends didn't know what i was going through and yeah. so they would do everything they could to help me and you know i ended up then like getting like my f- favorite job ever like i danced at pcc like had all my closest friends with me all the time. Like I ended up living with them. I got in another relationship and like, we like even worked together. We were together all the time. It was just like, I was always distracted. Mm. And, um, Mm. a lot of times we would like me and those friends, like I love them, but we weren't doing the fulfilling activities. Like we were drinking and partying and all having major sleepovers with each other, you know, whatever. And there would be nights though that I would come home and like, that's what I mean when I was alone, like I would come back and like, I'm like okay, I just had this super fun night and I'm coming back and I feel completely empty and numb and like these feelings keep coming back Yeah, it's like they numb while you're w- I would feel numb when I was out with other people so I could like be happy and then I would have one second alone and it would like literally like a a switch flipped in my brain and I would go into like the darkest places that like they're so scary to think about now knowing where I am and so there was one night that I can't remember exactly like what time of year it was So I was still living in the dorms like at BYU and at BYU Hawaii and so we had been out with our friends um, we were all at our friend's house we were just like we were drinking and I think we were smoking and we would just like play cards all the time (laughs) and so I'm like okay like this is fun whatever but I was I was just tired and so I wanted to sleep in my own bed that night so I was like I'm just gonna walk back and they're like okay whatever bad friends by the way they should have made sure i got whatever (laughs) love them now so that's not the point of the story so i get back to the dorm and there's like no one in my dorm like there was six of us and so i'm like okay this is like so weird and like it was one of those nights that like my brain was just like Hmm. racing 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 and um i was so upset and so i'm like trying to take my mind off it i go and i like take a shower and i had been struggling with self-harm um just like cutting and things like that and i would sometimes like like burn myself just like really, really struggling. And it was like for a few hours, like I was just laying there like crying, like trying to figure out like, what do I do? Like nothing makes this better. I'm still like drinking in my room, in my dorm. Like this isn't like, this isn't even working now because I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. Drinking by yourself is one of the scariest things when you realize like, yeah. you know,
0: what's am I allowed happening? to what's
2: on here. Yeah. It's, it's like this shit is for real. Yeah. Like this <laughs> is bad. And so I just, I had had thoughts about it, but I it was the first time that I was like, I literally, like, I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm like, well, how do you even do that? I'm like, I had already been self-harming, and I was like, you know, it hadn't even crossed my mind for some reason before, but I'm like, okay, hey, one wrong move, and, you know, it's, it's done. And so I was like, mm-hmm. that's just what I'm going to do. And so I'm like, I'm like, well... You know, I was always looking for a sign from God. And I, for some reason, thought it was my sign that I should die. That, like, I came home and no one was here. It's the perfect time to do it. I have everything I need. And so I, I like, you know, when people, like, have made mental health such, like, a not a serious subject. You know, people are like, oh, I'm going to kill myself or, like, yeah. something like that. Or I'm so depressed. This was for real it. Like, I just wrote, like, a note and everything. I'm, like... I'm like really gonna do it and so I'm laying on the floor in my room and I have like this like razor blade and um, I just felt like I should just like think it through obviously this is a huge decision and so I'm thinking about my friends and I'm like no like they'll be good and I'm thinking about my family and I'm like that's gonna suck but like they'll be okay and I think about my mom and like that did get me like I was I was crying I was like man like she's gonna be upset but like she has other kids she has other things she's worried about and then I started thinking about my savior and it was the first time that like he had even crossed my mind in so long. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about him in the garden of Gethsemane and you know, w- I talked about it today. It's like, we always talk about him taking on the sins of the world, but he took on all our pains and afflictions. And I'm sitting here like, I don't know what these feelings are, but he's the only person that gets it. And so I said my first prayer and so long. And I don't even know if real words came out. I think I was just bawling and I w- it was one of those prayers that I was like, he knows everything that's going on here. Mm-hmm. I just need to be on my knees and let him know. And so then I ended up, I, I mean, obviously I'm alive. So I just said that prayer, and then I was reading um, d and section 121, and, and verse 7 talks about your afflictions being a small moment. And that was the first time I was able to pull myself out of my situation. That sucked so bad. And I felt like, literally, like, this is the rock bottom, like, this is as bad as it gets like Mm -hmm. I legitimately do not want to be alive it's not just like I had a bad day I'm depressed like I don't want to be alive because everything hurts and I was able to pull myself out and kind of like if I'm at rock bottom and this is this is let's set the scene yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is like a little a big hole it's a ditch I'm at the bottom (laughs) I was able to see myself from the top and see all the good things that could come to lead me up to where which is crazy I am now like That verse, like, DNC 121.7, it literally saved my life. And so then after that night, I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I need to figure this out. And I knew that, like, at that time, I hadn't felt peace or comfort in so long. Like, it wasn't even just, like, oh, I'm not really having a good day. It was, like, horrible feelings of, like, not wanting to be alive and, like, like, despair and, like, abandonment like from heavenly father and i was so angry with him i was like i don't want to go to church i don't want to pray to a god that doesn't care about me and then when i needed him and when i talk about he should come through in a life or death situation he did and so that to me i was like okay i needed to go what i went through because it brought me to this point Hmm. and so i knew i needed to make changes and it took the past two and a half years to make those changes because it wasn't like I had to stop partying the next day. It was still fun. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was surrounded by the, the best people. And so, like, that last year that I was in Hawaii, it was, like, I wasn't super active in church, but I wasn't. I would still pray all the time by myself. So, like, I wasn't really going to church. I didn't care to go to any church activities. Didn't care about the temple, anything like that. But I knew that, like, I'm only here because like literally had a coming to Jesus moment and he saved me like, and so we had that relationship. And so then I moved here and I was like, okay, I'm going to start going to church again. So that's when I started going to 220. So you moved to Utah after Hawaii. Yeah. So then during COVID I just moved here because it was super cheap. And so my brothers were already here and I came to visit. Um, Me and my boyfriend at the time came to visit and then we ended up moving here because it was so cheap. (laughs) And so, like, it was, like, the first time in life, I, I was like, okay, hey, I have a new kind of clean slate. I'm not surrounded by those people anymore. I don't have to yeah. drive past the place that I was raped every day on the way to the temple. You know, it's like, it was too small of a place for me to actually heal fully. So I came here, and I was like, okay, like, this is great. And um, one of my old friends from Hawaii, she um, went on her mission when we were in college, and then she came back and ended up moving to Utah, and she was like, you should come live with me. And um, the other two girls were companions with her on her mission. So Mm -hmm. I was, they're all fresh off their mission. I'm coming in. I'm like still like, like, I want a fresh I'm still (laughs) like drinking and everything. I'm like trying to figure out. I'm like, okay, this might be as fresh as it gets. Like everything that could be going right for me was going right. Yeah. And um, I started going to church and I would just kind of, you know, go for sacrament, leave, go to McDonald's, whatever. And... um, (laughs) Then I went through a really bad breakup. Mm. and um, With the guy that you came and with. With the guy that I moved here with, yeah. And so that was August of 2021 20, that we broke up. And so it, it set me back again because I had a lot of unhealed trauma that it was kind of like life got better, so I just didn't really think about it. Um, and then when I felt like I was alone again, like all of those thoughts started coming back. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, I want to like keep going to church, but then I was using substances again, and that was something that I really, really struggled with, but it was a completely silent struggle, and that's why, like, you yeah. know, my assault sucked, but the past two, no, the past, like, year and a half, or however long ago that was, like, that's what's been really hard, is because it was completely alone, and so I'm, I just decided, I was like, well, what would, like, help me in this situation? Like, I was struggling so bad with my mental... I was struggling with wanting to self-harm again. I was struggling with substances. And I had seen a video, I think probably on my For You page on TikTok, about someone talking about, like, going to the temple. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I think I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was October of that. Like, it took a while for me to get to this point um, of, like, even wanting to go. And so it was not last October, obviously. That was a few months ago, but the one before. So, like... A year and two months ago from today i decided like whatever i need to do like i'm gonna go through the temple but there was a lot that i needed to do yeah like, years of not repenting and you know like and i would be scared because you know they say in the scriptures like don't put off repentance i'm like for real i thought i was gonna <laughs> go to hell like i was scared like so, <laughs> it was so bad and like i had had that bishop that like i was scared to talk to and so then bishop conahela in 220 like i just went in and talked to him one day and like he had such a loving heart Mm. and he was like listen we will get you where you need to be and so like we start working through things and so things like love chastity and word of wisdom like I finally overcame and it was like it was so freeing and it felt so great and so then he gets released and then we get Bishop Summer, who we have now so Bishop Summer's first Sunday he's in his office I just go in no appointment and he was like I was like, I need to talk to you. And he's like, um, what's your name? Like, I no <laughs> idea who I am. I start crying. He goes, he closes the door. He's like, oh, okay. And so he, like, closes the door, and I just start crying. I'm like, Bishop, I want to go through the temple so bad. Like, that's all I want. And he's like, okay, well, he has no idea, like, what's even going on. Like, yeah. had literally, like, we had, like, just sustained him, like, 10 minutes before. And so... Um, he got no brief. No. <laughs> there was no, like, file. There was nothing... <laughs> He didn't get the 411, and so <laughs> I, was pro- I think I was, like, his first project in the ward, I think. And so he was like, well, what are you struggling with? And I was like, I worked with Bishop Conahela before, and, like, I'm not really struggling with any sins. So I asked him to read the temple mm-hmm. questions. So he read me all the things that they ask, like, are you paying your tithing? Are you obeying the law of chastity? Things like that to get in the temple. And he's like, I feel like you're good. And then I just start crying again. And I was like, Bishop, I'm not taking sacrament. And he was like, why are you not taking the sacrament? Like, I made that decision for myself. And I was like, my mental health is so bad. Like, I don't feel like... I was like, I know this isn't a sin that they talk about in the scriptures. You know, I'm and I'm not breaking commandments. So technically, I can go in the temple, but I don't feel worthy because I hate myself. Mm. And. Um,
0: that word, worthiness. That's, yeah. That's so worthiness
2: is like the worst word that ever existed in the church, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Because it's not... We need to realize it's not flawlessness, you know what I mean, and so. And so I yeah.
1: Um, if you don't mind me asking, how mm-hmm. was your process with, um, your former bishop? Like you went from, drinking and. A lot of chastity issues and just at mm-hmm. a horrible state, and then you get this new bishop, and it's like well I answered all the temple questions right like how was that from A to B how did it was
2: it was scary because like I didn't even want to go to Bishop Conahill in the first place Mm -hmm. but I had been in the ward for a long time then and so I knew like how loving he was I'd heard so many stories of people in the ward I'm sure you've heard the same stories and so I went in like knowing and I also wasn't attending BYU anymore so half my worry about getting kicked out of school I was like well, God already knows what's going on, so I might as well go get it (laughs) fixed, you know? Like, I don't have to worry about any retribution from, like, an outside institution. Yeah. It was just me and Bishop and the Lord. And so, like, I felt really confident in that, and I was really, really sad when he got released. Like, I, like, cried because Mm -hmm. I was, like, I'm so close. I thought that I would have to start over. And um, when we, like, went up to – when Bishop Semmel, like, went up and he bore his testimony, like, I was – it was around the time that the wards were getting divided anyway. So I was like, maybe I just shouldn't even be in this ward. Like this is just not even worth it. And then I was just going to start either going to a different ward or just like go back to the, I don't know know if I'm allowed to say this, like the crappy home ward back (laughs) up (laughs) and (laughs) standing. And like with all those (laughs) anyways. And so, um, and so like when he went up and bore his testimony, they're like, I just felt like this is where I should be. Yeah. Like, It'll work itself out. And I talked to Bishop Conahill, and he was like, no, like, Bishop will help you. And so that's why, like, as soon as that meeting was over, skip Sunday school. Sorry. (laughs) skip Sunday school, went into his office, and I was like, I need you. And um, so he's like, so you're struggling with your mental health. Like, why do you feel like you can't enter the temple? And I was struggling really bad with self-harming. Like, like, still have all the scars on my legs to this day. Well, this was not even that long ago. But, um, and so he like was asking like pretty much what led up to that point and I I told him kind of a brief version like in between bawling my eyes out you know and I'm like if our body is a temple and I'm and I'm sitting here degrading my body not in not in the form of drugs and alcohol or sex but like literally myself because I don't love I don't love myself I don't love the body that that God gave me how can I go into the temple and I said and how am I supposed to sit here and take sacrament that's why I stopped taking it and he said you should be taking the sacrament there's nothing you're doing that I would tell you you couldn't take it. And he said, if anyone needs to be in the celestial room and spending time with God, it's you. He was like, I'm not, I'm not going to punish you for wanting to spend time in the temple and mm-hmm. become close to the Lord because that's the one thing that you need right now. Because, you know, I've been in therapy for a long time now. He was like, you're in therapy, you're doing what you can. But he was like, sometimes, like, all you're doing isn't enough. He's like, so the temple he was like you're the perfect person that needs to be in the temple and so that's why I just really really honed in the past like six months because I was like okay I can do this
1: we just had so much fun with Rachel this episode that we wanted to give y'all a part two if you guys tune in for next week we'll have that ready for you thanks for tuning in to Into the Light bye guys